Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halix. So here we are, coming to you uh, pre-recorded live <laughs> on the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam, the Tsleil-Waututh, the Musqueam, and the Squamish nations. Uh, unceded meaning they did not sign any treaties, and yet here we are on their land. Luca and I acknowledge that we are settlers and we are in a journey of understanding what reconciliation looks like. And today, as we sit uh, in our mutual spaces on this unceded territory, we are thinking about portals. And it's, gonna, it's been coming up a lot. It's, we're going to go down a rabbit hole today, which fits. That's another kind of portal, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> It is. Well, so I was I was getting up my trusty dictionary here because I like to start with how is a word defined and then we can look at how are we using it, you know, based on how it's defined. So it says in in my uh, in my dic- online dictionary, it says uh, it says a door or entrance, especially a grand or imposing one. That's one. Two is the whole architectural composition surrounding and including the doorways and porches of a church. So to me, that's a, that's a sacred doorway, mm. uh, perceived to be sacred, which what, whatever your faith system happens to be. Mm-hmm. Third is the approach or entrance to a bridge or tunnel. Um, so in, in, I always interpret this in esoteric ways. So it's like, how are we, what, what's the liminal space between Mm-hmm. So this is the entrance to a liminal space. So liminal being on the borders of, between one and another, which I think is kind of interesting space to be in, especially given what we're going through in the, on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. The fourth um, one is a communicating part or area of an organism, which is also like juicy metaphorically a communicating part or area of an organism, specifically a point at which something such as a a pathogen enters the body. Well, (laughs) and the last one here is five, a a website serving as a guide or point of entry to the World Wide Web and usually including a search engine or a collection of links to other sites arranged especially by topic. Oh man, I haven't heard of that. That is so juicy. Yeah, yeah. And also I haven't heard that use of it in so long, but you're that's that's true. That was what you know Yahoo was and Google used to be. There'd actually be a list of things that you'd go there and yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So and synonyms would be a door, a gate, a hatch. So it's something that leads through into something else. Mm -hmm. And and I have always felt always I have felt for quite a long time now that that's a big part of what I do with my clients is that I work with them um, at the at the edge of who they know themselves to be but also at their at their portal 
right? At the, where they're going from one to another, whatever the one and the other is. And, and I'm getting more information as I work with people right now, just generally speaking for, for the community at large about, about portals and about how we're, how the whole planet is letting go of old systems and having to create new ones. And I don't think that you can force the demise of an old system. I think it outgrows its usefulness. And as soon as it does, it's like it languishes. It, it, people, people f- start to feel constricted by the system itself that was designed to, to make things easier. Um, to provide to provide structure so that something can take place within that structure or build upon that structure, and so when when human beings um, outgrow that, uh, then they need a new system. And sometimes the system can be adapted, and we go in and we adjust things, right? We amend laws and we do things like that. But but I think that we get to a certain point. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that we have been at this point on the planet before now, where where we have to chuck the old system. But I don't. I think if you force it, you end up with all the things that people are afraid of. Right? You you end up with anarchy. You end up with war, civil war. It, it, it you're you're forcing it. And my sense about the changes that we're going through at the moment is that this can happen gracefully. Uh, but the old systems that we've been working out of have been, and I was get, I was, I was channeling some information about this yesterday when I was having a conversation with somebody, and I thought it was like sometimes I know that I open my mouth and what's coming out isn't my words; it's coming from a higher level um, or an alternate level. We should say, I mean, it's not hierarchically higher; it's not better; it's just different. That. Um, that the, that the systems that we're in right now were designed for a dualistic paradigm. In other words, one where you have extremes, opposites. So right and wrong, up and down, left and right, you know, uh, things that seem to conflict with one another. And within that system, the systems are designed to support uh, things being that or not being that. So you have legal and illegal, but you, but there isn't, there isn't room in the middle for, for breathing space, for learning space, for growing space, because that's what this paradigm, this paradigm was not about that. This paradigm was about exploring opposites. So if we move out of exploring opposites and we begin to occupy and breathe into the space in between, that is a collaborative space then then we need a different system because because the old system i don't think it can be adapted for that we may still have laws but they're going to be more like guiding principles than about laws where if you break one you go to jail and i think we're we're finding the limits of that structure too because if you put some if somebody who who has you know is is smoking pot in jail with somebody who's a murderer then yeah, i don't think that's useful <laughs> so so 
So what do, what do we do with that? So then we break down the system. So we have, well, there's this kind of jail for these kinds of things and this kind of jail for these kinds of things. But then like how many times do you break it down before you start to say, well, if we have to break it down this much, then this system doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then, and then what are we going to replace it with? And I believe that when an old system is coming to the end of its natural lifespan, then other systems are already in development yeah. because if there's one thing that human beings are really great at, it's research and development. And it starts with pain points and it starts with curiosity. And I don't think that you always have to develop something out of a pain point. There are lots of people who, who invent things in our world just because they wonder what happens if you put this together with this. Mm-hmm. And then there are others who say, this doesn't work. It's too painful. I have to find a better way. So I, what about if we do this? Mm-hmm. But they're all working together. I once heard that if you want to find the most efficient way of doing something, have a lazy person do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's also because they'll also find the a better way. Of, yeah. It, it's also the idea of it's yeah. not uh, genius or ingenuity or innovativeness is not about uh, smarts or hard work all the time. It's just about being yeah. willing to look. You know, what is the motivation? So it could be pain. It yeah. could be uh, seeking something for ease. Um, it could be. Um, well, we can't get on to the next stage of whatever if we can't solve this one piece here. And so if we want to continue on, yeah. Well, urban planners have found that if they're deciding where to put pathways in in a park or a public space, they used to put pathways where they thought they would be best situated where either where they they worked with the with the formation of the land or they looked good or or you know in coordination whatever it was escaping that they wanted to do whatever (laughs) yeah and then what they found was if they hadn't put them in the right place people would walk where it was easiest for them and they would end up with pathways across the grass that didn't go where the path is pathways went because they put them in the wrong place. So the easiest way to do it is to leave it blank and see where people walk and put the pathways where people walk. <laughs> right? <laughs> this right? Makes sense. Absolutely. And that's, we're not talking about, you know, where there's going to be accidents. I mean, I'm talking, not talking about safety here. No. But, but just, you know, where does it organically happen? And then go with it instead of having to then police people about not walking on the grass. It's so true. When you've when you've disturbed the the most natural flow. Yeah. And water will do that. Water will do it, right? Yeah. You, water finds. If you don't let path. water f- go where it wants to go, it will go there anyway, and then you have to cope with it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there. So we. So we're we're playing. So if you've just joined us, <laughs> we're you know, Re- Rebecca and I are playing with the idea of portals today, and we read some definitions of what of what a portal is. Um, basically, a gateway or a doorway, especially uh, to or from something that is, um, and I'm putting my interpretation on it now, something something that is important or sacred or in in some way. Um, and and so I think that we're we're in that process. Um, in our on our planet right now, that 
that we're we're moving from one significant space to another, and and we have we have you know energetically, symbolically we have a portal to move through to do that. And you can get a little stuck sometimes in a portal. I'm thinking about how much moving <laughs> things I've been doing lately, and portals, doorways, entrances for, from one place into another. Um, can be really difficult to navigate through. You've got freedom of movement in one side. You There will be freedom of movement in the other or choice or what have you. But when it comes to getting through the portal, sometimes it's very, very limited as to how you can be oriented in order to make it through. So, I mean, we can see how that applies to furniture. I had a very awkward old vintage city that I was trying to get through a couple doorways today and we had to tilt it a little bit, you know, a few degrees on its side this way and move it through and then angle it back another way and, you know, to, you know, whatever. This is how we move it through. Uh, you can't bulldoze it through unless you want to destroy the city or you want to destroy the doorway. One or the other is going to give or hurt your own back if you're trying to push something that's not going to fit. But I think this is showing up for us as individuals and as a society with this squeezy, squeezy point we're in. You know, one of the feedback that we hear so much from the people who don't like or don't believe in wearing masks is it's inhibiting my freedom. And for those of us who feel okay with it, um, because we're doing it as an act of service to our fellow people and also for ourselves, you know, for the um, the common good or the greater good as we understand it to be so. Um, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Yes, you're doing something, you're putting it on, it becomes inconvenient at times. Today when I was moving furniture, oh my gosh, that mask was definitely in the way. I did, it was hard to get those big breaths in when I needed them. But it's one example of a squeezy spot, of a physical or mental restriction that is a product of current circumstances. Now, we, we all desperately hope, and I think we know in our bones that the current is not permanent. As it is, it shall not always be. We shall move through and we shall move beyond. We are learning things that we hopefully will apply so that it doesn't come again. Or if it comes again, we are, are able to respond with more alacrity and effectiveness so that it does not require such long-term interventions as a society. But this is where we are right now. So we're stuck in a doorway and we can either, you know, push at the door jams and yell at them because they're not as roomy as we're used to out in the room before or the room where we want to be. Or we can be aware and just honoring the fact of where we are right now. And when we're going through this space, it requires a little bit of contortion. <laughs> it, this reminds me of Winnie the Pooh. And Winnie the Pooh goes to visit Rabbit. And Rabbit lives in a rabbit hole. And he gets, and he, and he, has, he has a whole bunch of honey while he's there. And he gets stuck in the rabbit hole. And he can't get out. And they push and they pull. And Pooh is round to begin with. And he's even rounder and he's stuck in the hole. And so Rabbit, who's very pragmatic, starts hanging dish towels off by using him as a, as a drying rack. From the, from the back end of the hole. 
but it's this um, sometimes we get stuck in in whatever it, in in that liminal space we get stuck and the only thing that's going to get us out is some waiting yeah because pushing and pulling poo was not getting him getting him out of the hole um in uh, out of the the entrance he was he was well and truly wedged in there but i think one of the things that we're looking at right now is that we're hoping everything will go back to the way it was. I hope that we're not going back to the way it was. I'm hoping that we're in transition to a better place, a place where we can uh, let go of some of the systems that weren't working and and design and or embrace some some new systems. So we're in this uncomfortable place. And I was thinking about the the design of the house that you're living in. Interesting that they have this huge living space that almost demands large pieces of furniture. And yet the doorways in and out of it are really quite small. Now who in their, who in their designing right mind would Mm -hmm. do that? But it almost mimics what we're dealing with on the planet right now. Right. Well, maybe there's some- our our change spaces are quite small for massive levels of change that need to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, in my house, it's uh, the big spaces are add-ons. That also might give might give perspective, right? When you just try to mm-hmm. cobble on something more onto what pre-existed, <laughs> the yes. structure may not support all that that add-on mm-hmm. seeks to provide. So this is, again, yeah. relating to the idea of the system is not working. We don't just yeah. add some new rules yeah. into the system. Sometimes we yeah. need to break it down and start over. What can work better? This is yeah. so frightening. Yeah. To dismantle a system, you know, thinking, mm-hmm. think about, let's think about it in smaller terms because the system just seems so huge. Mm-hmm. How, how does it become tangible? Yeah. So let's imagine yeah. a business, a business you've worked for for 30 years. And now mm-hmm. there's somebody new up top, uh, and in several levels of, of high influence in the company, and they want to bring in a revolution into how this company is done. They want to change the systems. They're changing how they hire. They're changing the values by which decisions are made. They're changing their processes for how you um, deal with ish- with problems or with vacations, with opportunities, they're taking a look at benefits, the idea of benefits versus what should be naturally given to all employees, you know, mm-hmm. sort of the add-ons versus the expectations, all of it becomes up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And that's really disconcerting because mm-hmm. it's basically like you, you've had your rule book taken away. You're, you're given a game and it's a game you used to play all the time, but somebody stole the rule book and they've told you that we're playing it differently now, but you're still in the same space. Similar people. And is it the same game? I mean, at a certain point, are you still playing the same, the same game? And I want to know the people who are redesigning all the rules. Do they talk to the people who are actually playing the game? Do they say to them, what do you think the new rules should be? Or do they try and impose them right. from above? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, more than and one I think that this one. has to be collaborative. We have to go into a collaborative space mm-hmm. right now. And that, and that feels to me like it's time for a song. 
It doesn't. I have one picked. <laughs> it has the word portal in the title, so it was going to be a, it was a shoe in for today. It's called Ed is a Portal. <laughs> Ed. Oh, Ed. Ed's such a good chap. Ed is a Portal. It's by the Akron family. So let's take a listen to Ed is a Portal. Um, this has got some really lovely energy. It's turning this whole, the whole song is just a celebration. But they're, they're, they're kind of reaching up into the cosmos and reaching down into the elements of the earth. And they're doing it in this community kind of fashion. I, I love the energy of this song. So join with me in some in a round of dancing to Ed is a Portal by the Akron family.
back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was Ed is a Portal by the Akron family. Luca, where do we go from here? Well, I think we have to dream. I think if we're going to change the system as much, the system, big or small, right? Doesn't matter if it's the system of our family um, or the system of our habits or the, or the system of the planet. If we're going to do that, we have to dare to dream really big. We have to say, if we throw the rule book out, what can we dream without having to do it right away? We have to allow the dreaming process so that we can go through and find the best bits without, without ruling anything out immediately. Because what we end up with may not be uh, just as we dream it. But it may be my dream combined with your dream, combined with the dream of the organization down the street that I didn't ever think was related to what I'm doing. But maybe they've got a key piece. I think we need to do interdisciplinary dreaming. We have to do intergenerational dreaming because I think that the kids that are arriving on this planet right now have tools and ways of thinking and looking at the world that that those of us who've been here for 50 or 60 years don't, don't have. We can learn them. We can, we can play with them, but, but they're coming in with them. It's like the gifts that they arrive with. And I don't think we can afford to dismiss them. I wouldn't want to dismiss them. And they may not even know what they have yet, but if they look at us holding on, like on in the death grip of the old system and they can't, they don't know how to pry our fingers off it mm -hmm. in order to let it go. So this means we all have to be able to dream into something else without censoring it, without worrying that it's going to be reasonable uh, to, to dream wild and wacky. Um, there was the guy um, in the eighties who wrote a book called a whack on the side of the head. <laughs> and it was all about, um, creative thinking and how we can think more creatively and he's that I looked it up the other day his stuff is still on on the internet the book is still available I don't know if it's in um, uh, old copies I don't know if they're still printing it but uh, and there used to be a deck of cards too and when I, I used to run a a creative and analytical thinking course. And I used to use, I used to hand out the deck of cards all around the room and say, use these at any time you want to during, during the course. I have a structure, but you can interrupt the structure with one of these cards and we'll assume that it's going somewhere useful. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I had a boss at the time who told me I could not, I could not do something like that. And I said, why not? And he said, because we don't want to let them have control over their own course. <laughs> and I said, this is a creative and analytical thinking course. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> I, 
I said, do you hear yourself? And I tried to laugh, but he, he didn't think it was funny at all. But I think that that's what we're dealing with. It's like, oh, my God, if we if we let go of what we have, what could happen? Mm-hmm. And we think that it could be awful. We're guarding against something terrible that could happen. Yeah. But but what if something wonderful comes out of it? Then what? Absolutely. Which I think I, it could I was be really fun. Talking with um, somebody that I, one of my coaching clients yesterday, about uh, th- they're in one of those squeezy spots. They're in a portal. They're stuck in a portal, but we didn't call it that when we were talking mm-hmm. about it last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's exactly, it's, yep. it's exactly the same thing. And it's a bit like imagining ourselves. Okay. I already used the furniture metaphor earlier. So let's imagine now I'm the city and um, because <laughs> I'm limited to my three dimensional world. And I don't understand that something in a fourth or fifth dimension is trying to haul me through a doorway. I'm going to wonder why am I feeling pressed why am i feeling topsy-turvy why am i feeling shoved and resistance at the same time all i know is i'm being put through some stuff Hmm. and i really feel i've been through that more than once and my go-to now when i'm in that situation is i have it's it's what you're describing it's the go-to dreaming Go to imagination. I ha- it's the only way to comfort and to sustain myself through those inside out moments where it feels impossible, where everything that I know to do is not working. And I'm in a situation that somehow seems like maybe I had a hand in creating this, but this is not what I was intending. And this is not what I really asked for. And yet here I am stuck sideways and upside down. And I don't understand why. When it really is taking me to the place that I wanted to go. But right now, I'm not there. Right now, it looks like a disaster. Right now, it's all a mess. And so... Yeah, it looks like a mess because chaos, because that, that we have to go through the chaos to come out on the other side. And chaos isn't bad, but it doesn't have the structures. And it also doesn't give you room for freedom of choice. Not much. Because really, in the end... When you're being squeezed through that portal, you may only end up with one or two choices. And those choices may be everything has to change because I, it just won't work. And so it, none of the things that work are working. I have to choose something else, even though I don't know that those things are going to make it better. But that's the only choice I've got left. And so I try it. And so I hold my center through these things by reminding myself that if I look back over my life, I fall forward that even though I've been through some really gnarly, unhappy, difficult situations that my relationships tend to improve. The places that I live tend to improve. My work tends to improve. Now in this moment, it may not be, (laughs) it may be several steps back. However, the overall trend is better. So I start to challenge myself with my thinking and say, okay, so if my housing, which for some reason is not working right now, and I have to figure out something new with it, what else, what could be better than what I've already had that was good? 
And as you say this to me, you're waving a paintbrush at me. I am. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it happened to be laying and on my table. It's feeling very comfortable. And I think that that's part of the solution is creativity. Yeah. A paintbrush we paint with. This is, I think that, that humor and joy and creativity um, and play, these are our tools out of the impasse. Out of the insanity. <laughs> yes, we have the tools, but but they have been, these things have been deemed to be childish. We don't value them as highly as we value what's logical and reasonable and budgeted and and analyzed and right mm. but but i think that um societies know that when they're when they go through times of great change if we look back at them historically and that nothing's coming to mind right now but maybe for you listeners out there you'll think of something but but we we need the arts to to get us through we need the 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 crazy the crazy people, the, the court jesters, the clowns, the, the comedians to, to help us to poke fun at, at the old way of doing things until we can turn it on its head and turn it inside out and upside down and, and, and find another way of looking at it that, it, that is more useful. Mm-hmm. You're looking like you've, you're, you're deep in thought there. Um, which <laughs> you, our listeners, can't can't see, but I can see Rebecca on my screen. I'm considering what song wants to be played next, especially with the idea of yes. imagination and creativity and embracing it. So I decided to go into my playlist where I've got my my interesting playlist of their unusual songs. That yeah, really- yeah the one that doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to choose. Where did it go? Well, because the the name of the group is called Bombadil, and Tom Bombadil is one of my favorite characters from uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, and they never wrote a book about him. He just was written, he was one character in one of Tolkien's books. And there's a little encounter that Frodo has with Tom Bombadil in the book, never showed up even in the movies. But Tom Bombadil is the most fascinating character, and it drove me nuts that Tolkien never wrote a whole backstory for Tom Bombadil, which means it is now open territory and we still get to create. And I feel like yeah. that is where we are in life in so many ways. Yeah. So uh, yeah. this song is not about Tom Bombadil, but the name of the group is Bombadil. And that's where we're going down the rabbit hole. The song is called Framboise. <laughs> so let's li- listen to the raspberry song. <laughs> because we're bilingual. Yes, with Bombadil. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Tu es bourgeoise, presque comme une framboise I can tell Mademoiselle But you're too red to be sunburned But it is, I can't discern And it makes you uncomfortable To think of yourself this way Tu n'es pas fait main Rassé comme le vieux pain I can see C'est la vie That you're quiet and you're pure And now you hang your head demure And it makes you an atheist To think of yourself this way
the shelf. She's missing all the pieces of herself. Am I patient? Am I kind? Or am I wasting time? Counting out her blessings one by some. She's rounding down to several minus one. Am I patient? Am I kind? Or am I wasting time? Dans un bol, leur flafane, trois pots. C'est du déjà vu. You're the man to know how far, but you never left and you've been starred. And it makes me feel infinite to think of yourself this way. Tu es bourgeoise, presque comme une framboise. I can tell, mademoiselle. You're too rare to be sunburned But it is I can't discern And it makes you uncomfortable To think of yourself this way She's missing all the pieces of herself. Am I patient? Am I kind? Or am I wasting time? Counting out her blessings one by some. She's rounding down to several minus one. Am I patient? Am I kind? Or am I wasting time? Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. That was Framboise by Bombadil, which is just tickling all of my fancies right now with all of the allusions to. I, I was thinking about Tolkien because he, he created a world um, with, with rules and laws and he went completely into his imagination and created something that wasn't there before with, with, with words that we've incorporated into our language now. Um, and I think, uh, I think about, um, uh, uh, oh, did, 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 any, any uh, star, whatever it was um, on television, it, I, my brain is farting about it, but, but any, any of the, um, utopian or or anti-utopian writers dystopian um who who either they're either critiquing our society or they're creating a society that they think would work better um that's using our imagination and we may not we may not adopt a structure that is exactly what they're describing but we may take pieces of it and either use it to inform how we move forward or to, to um, emulate in, in terms of how we move forward. Because I think that we give permission to our science fiction writers to, to write about things before they happen. Mm-hmm. And that is, is fascinating to me that to, to read. And I think there's a reason why 
uh, those that that genre of literature uh, does so well because I think in times of turbulence we're we're looking to read about things that are different that are outside of what we have to grind through day in and day out especially when it's not working anymore. Mm. So. Star Trek. That's the word I was looking for. I knew if I just went away and left it for a moment, it would come back. But, you know, there were there were a lot. I mean, Star Trek's we, we told the call the people who followed it Trekkies. Right. But they but they talked about when they went in and visited other planets in other galaxies. Their rule was that they should do no harm, that they could not interfere in what was going on in the planet unless they'd been expressly invited in. Mm-hmm. So, so there were rules about about the new frontiers, right. which they specifically talked about in in that series, um, you know even though it was fairly low tech on on our television screens. You know? We still got those rules even within Earth among some of the yeah. um, un yeah. uncontacted um, nations or. Mm-hmm groups communities yeah 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 Um, Yeah. where we've learned we've realized through the destruction that we've already caused that we can cause havoc and therefore we need to stay away leave them be don't interact yes there's some very strict rules around some of this and sometimes people are trying to you know counter and like you know something i wanted to bring up i just finished watching movie right before um we got together today uh one that just came out on netflix called the dig which has uh, one of the Fines brothers in there and a woman, I can't remember the actress's name. Yes, I just, I just watched it the other day too. It was a lovely film. Yeah, wasn't it lovely? Yeah. And I'm thinking about the um, major themes of, of that film, Fit, but it pulls in the past as well. And it pulls in mm-hmm. the transition mm-hmm. between this life and the next. And yeah. the... Yeah. And in the con- as one of the characters said, the continuousness of life, where we are gone, but we're not gone. And the ripple effect that we have for the lives around us and for the earth uh, around us and um, the central, without needing to give anything away of the story, but there's the central... Mm-hmm. Uh, focus of the film is on an archaeological dig and what they find is something uh, that was a burial and I won't give the details about it in case you haven't seen it yet so that it doesn't ruin it for you. But it's significant and it was of course a burial ritual that was that was magnificent and and um complicated and involved and it was obviously somebody that was very important but to see how it has lasted down through the years and that connection that reaching forward from the past that it provides as we comb through these things and realizing that we are dealing with something that was um where someone was laid to rest and so this is a passing over of this person but what was the the mythology, or really better than calling a mythology, what was the paradigm of these people who would structure their burial in this way? And are there elements of that that still echo for us today, so many millennia down the road? But even the, the paradigm of the people 
who who were all living at the same time in the same paradigm who've discovered this, who've dug it up. Um, and those characters are the are the the characters of the film, um, some of whom have not been well served by the system in which they're operating. True. So one of them as a woman who's widowed, um, one of them who is a, uh, a brilliant person who was denied the access to the education to get the credentials that the other people have in, in the film, the other characters have. Um, so it's, and, and we also, we're, we're shown the institution of marriage in, in that film and how that works for some and doesn't work for others. Uh, we're shown uh, child, childhood and the wisdom of the children coming, coming up uh, and, and also the mindset of the people who've always done it in a certain way. Uh, so there, there was one of the things I liked about that film is the many different layers of it mm-hmm. and how thought-provoking all of those layers are. Um, and it's, I think it comes back again to um, the, the, that element of the arts and what and how we can use the arts to reframe what we're looking at at any given time, whether it's something that was, you know, a thousand years in the past or, or something that is uh, where there's many of us in different generations and different backgrounds all living right now. What do we all bring to the table in terms of our mindset and in terms of our skills and in terms of our dreams? Mm-hmm. So a very powerful dreaming. quote I remember coming across, and I may not get it 100% correct, but I think the essence of it will still translate. And that is that we are the dreams of our ancestors. Yes. Yeah. There's something very... Um, gives me pause. It makes me want to honor a little more um, perhaps who I am and where I am in this world, um, recognizing that I am the latest <laughs> issuance out of so many generations that have come before, yep. all of whom did have um, their dreams that they were seeking to bring through. And sometimes, you know, we've had guests on our show in the past where I'm thinking specifically of like Trisha Bapti and the work that she's doing with regards to um, creating a safer and less vulnerable world for uh, prostituted women and trafficked humans, really women, children, men. And the scope of work sometimes that we know we will not see the results of in our lifetime, but it does Mm -hmm. not change the importance of engaging with it because even if it's a multi-generational feat, it needs to be begun and it needs to be furthered so that it can be changed. I feel like we have a really hard time connecting with that in this era of humanity. Um, I mean, if we go back to the, to the film that you were just talking about, there's the idea there, especially with this being a, a burial um, exercise, a passing over exercise that, that they're digging up, 
the idea of where do we go when we die? What happens to us? And if we, if we choose, because nobody knows for sure, if we choose to believe that once we die, that's it, then, then it colors how we live our lives. And if we choose to believe that we go on in some form, whether it's energetic or whether we live another life or, or whatever it is that we choose to believe, that, that system of belief also informs how we make choices right now. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea of making a choice that's going to go on for generations. Um, there, it, it's taking a bigger picture view. And if I think, well, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not going to be here, um, then, then I will behave in, in one way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do, the question is, do I care about uh, people who will come after me? Do I care what's to my progeny? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do I believe that I may end up having to live with the decisions I'm making in this life because I may come back again? And there are many different cultures on the planet right now who believe that we will come back again, we will return in some form. And there are many that believe that we don't. And I think that each one that informs how they live on, on the planet and, and how we relate to dreams and possibilities and change. Uh, and I and I'm thinking in particular of of my grandmother, uh, both of my grandmothers, who did not have a great lot in life and did not have very many opportunities and choices. And um, my maternal grandmother, in particular, was very clear that um, that there were injustices. She complained about them a lot. My mother was very clear that she wanted a different. She wanted me to have a different lot in life than she had and than her mother had. And I, in fact, do have a different lot. I have other challenges, but, but there, were, there were sacrifices made and investments made uh, by my grandmother and my mother so that I could be who I am now. But they had to, they had to believe, they had to dream that something else was possible for someone who came after them. Yeah. And that's portaling. <laughs> that's portaling. And it's it's actually making me feel very potent to, you know, most of my imaginings are pretty focused on me. I'm human. <laughs> right? What do I want? <laughs> what do I want to bring through? What's, what, what's going to be yeah. happy for me? Not that it's worth yeah. worthless to think about, but in the context <laughs> of what we're talking about now, have I spent time to think about what would I like to begin that could make something better for my children, my grandchildren, the grandchildren, mm-hmm. all of those around me, the great grandchildren, you know, the, the seven generations mm-hmm. that is the tenet mm-hmm. of First Nations practice and mm-hmm. perspective in Paris. Yes. That whatever yes. that 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 is a perspective that is brought to bear on any decision. How will this impact? seven generations down into the future. And I see you doing that with your kids. I, I, whether you're conscious of it or and some of it you are conscious of, because I've heard you talk about it, but, but I see your sons because you're not raising daughters, you're raising sons. And, 
and you're, you're raising them with a powerful feminine influence. And you are an adult woman who balances out the feminine and the masculine energies in your life, i.e. you are, you are uh, receptive, you are in touch with emotions, you, uh, but at the same time, and you work with your intuition and that kind of thing, you're empathic, those are all the feminine, but you are also, uh, you're doing things in the world, you're dismantling structures, you're setting up new structures, you think about things, you communicate, that those are linear, uh, more masculine um, uh, ways of being in the world. So you are showing your sons a woman with both sets of qualities integrated in and some some days better and some days worse right because we're all experimenting with this but they are growing up seeing it they will have different expectations of a relationship for themselves in in their future lives than than what than the expectations their grandparents or great-grandparents would have had right Mm. so we're already starting whether we've whether we're conscious of it or not. I, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a very truthful statement that's nice to anchor into, that it has already begun. So maybe it's not really a case of shall we begin or do we want to begin, but that it has begun and mm-hmm. we can increase that awareness and increase that um, deliberateness of what we're calling through. How juicy. Yeah. How lovely. And so let's take let's take portal and turn it into a verb and call yeah. it well, it's a it's still an it's still a noun portaling, but think, uh, to portal. I portal, you portal, we portal. We're <laughs> <laughs> hurtling through the portal. Portaling and snorkeling through yes. the portal. Oh man. However yes. it may yes. be today, we are definitely all in a portal right now. And I think we need to hang yeah. in there and recognize that we will be talking yes. for a bit as we come through. Yeah. And uh, if we get stuck in the portal, hang dish towels. Hang on, dish towels. on your feet. <laughs> Break out brushes <laughs> and paint something. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us as we went down the rabbit hole of the portals today. And until next <laughs> week. I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahallux.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Happy, 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 happ